This is the Humboldt Chronicles. I am the queen of everything. I gotta be high before I can sway. Lighter tea and let it be. If you a viper. Chuck Rogers with producer Larry Trask and Comet the Radio Dog. The Humboldt Chronicles is made possible by Goat Global Humboldt, Humboldt Urban Market, and Mocha Humboldt. Much appreciation for your support of the Humboldt Chronicles. And Larry, today we're going to a dispensary. Nice. Yes. You know, it occurs to me that over the last, what, almost five years that we've been doing this show, we've talked a lot about the public policy around cannabis and bringing a once illegal commodity to the legal market. And in doing so, we've talked with a lot of policy makers. But really, for the public, the ones they are in contact with in this industry are the bud tenders in the dispensaries. The bud tenders are the public face, it seems to me, of the cannabis industry, right or wrong? Yeah, absolutely. We wanted to explore that job in particular because it's, it's a multifaceted job. On the one hand, at, at the most basic level, you're working the counter in a retail establishment. Right. So you've got all that stuff that, that every retail employee has to deal with. Uh, but you also are called upon to have specialized knowledge yeah. because a lot of people, as we'll hear, a lot of people come into dispensaries and they're, they're maybe not as experienced as other folks. Maybe they don't have the, the, the knowledge and the education about cannabis. They may be relatively new users mm-hmm. and they have questions. And They, they might be it. medical customers too and need specialized information that's right so it's a it's a really difficult job you've got to have the skills that allow you to interact with the public in a in a comfortable manner you want to make them feel welcome Mm -hmm. what make them make them feel like you're glad they're there you've got to have the basic retail skills but you also have to have the specialized knowledge and people count on that so the more that i thought about this show and where the focus should be the more i realized that that is a really demanding position. Yeah, no kidding. So we're going to be going to Humboldt Urban Market in Arcata, and we'll be talking with Crystal and Finn. And to start with, we asked them how they got into this business, how they made their way into the cannabis industry. I am a local born and raised. Um, I have a long history of family growing in Humboldt. So I kind of grew up in the culture of Southern Humboldt being from a grow family and that was basically um just what was super normal to me was growing up and being in the cannabis industry um and basically i went into bud tending just because it was a very natural thing for me to do um and just the cannabis industry is a very comfortable place for me and i enjoy bud tending and had experience in sales so it was a pretty easy thing to just go straight back into we kind of had hunted finn they would come in the shop with such a good attitude and knowledgeable and they liked good products and we were like hey Finn you want to come work at Urban Market like come on you want to come work at Urban Market so we got Finn to come join our team at Urban Market based upon their awareness of the cannabis products already their natural inclination and their ability to understand cannabis on a kind of you know personal level so we knew that it would be a natural fit for Finn. And given, Finn, that the bud tender is the the person at a dispensary who meets the public, what exactly are the duties and responsibilities of a bud tender? Really, it depends case by case on who is coming in. We definitely have people who come in that are looking for just straight recreational items coming in, going to like the river, um, 
events locally that are just trying to look for something that are um, something to chill. There's people who come in that are like, I'm studying for finals and I need something to help me focus. And then, of course, you have people who come in that are looking for more of the medical aspect of things. Um, so it always kind of depends on who comes in. Um, so there's definitely a widespread knowledge that kind of has to be known um, to really be able to fit each customer that comes in, because it really depends on what somebody's looking for. What sort of training is, is provided to butt tenders and, and how do they acquire knowledge and stay up to date on, on current trends? A lot of it definitely is keeping up with companies themselves because with the way that farmers do um, make their strains and label things, sometimes it's easier to directly go to the source. So definitely bud tender training that's provided by farmers is super nice whenever they come in and do demos and you can talk to the owners a lot of the time will come in or reps and then you can learn directly from them about their products, which is super nice. There's lots of informational packets that they give out Whenever I was hired, I was provided books that I read up on just about cannabis itself, what exactly like the isolates are, what THC is, what CBD, what all the things were basically. Um, here, I we have like literally in our back room, there are posters that explain all of the things. So it's like you can go into the back and you can read descriptions on things that are super nice here. Um, and we have books as well. A lot of it too is like sometimes we get in new strains that they're not necessarily like super local and can't come in and do demos. So sometimes you have to look up their website, things like that. You occasionally have to look up strains to find out lineages and things like that. Because there are customers that come in and want to know those questions as well. Like whenever you have a customer who comes in and is looking for a certain strain or a cross. And so a lot of those times it's like you can go places and they'll just look at you blank face and go, I'm just looking at weed. <laughs> but weed is more than just weed it definitely it has every single one has a different history that's behind it so it's definitely doing your own research as well as just kind of knowing a general idea of what cannabis is and what it does just to follow up on that what would you say is the level of cannabis knowledge or education of the typical customer in humboldt county um, I would say here we're definitely a lot more lucky coming from um, somewhere that is known so much for weed. But we also do, in Arcata, we are a university town. So there are times that students come in and our baseline, like, I just moved here. I'm smoking weed for the first time. What do I do? And then there's people who come in again, the medical aspect. So it definitely is a variety. But I would say overall, there is a general, like, People understand what they're looking for. They know the general, I like this, I don't like this. So a lot of the times it is pretty easy and there is a good general knowledge here for things. And there's always ways to narrow it down to ask customers to what they're looking for. But I would say overall, it's a pretty good knowledge here. Are there some typical questions that you usually get from customers? I would definitely say um the whole debate of indica, sativa, hybrids, things like that. Um, definitely people really look for how they want to feel. So I would say there's a lot of people who come in based on what they're doing for the day or what they're wanting to smoke for. Um, so I would say there's a lot of people who come in specifically looking for sleep or specifically looking for things that they're like, I do not want to feel like I'm locked into my couch. I want to be able to go out and on hikes and do things and go to the beach. Um, so I would say good questions that were asked are basically what is the effects of the weed, um, that they're looking for. And then I would say just kind of, um, overall, just 
like sourcing really. Yeah, that's a good one to kind of bring mm-hmm. up because something unique that we have at Urban Market is the super emphasis on all these local products and local farmers. And so the sourcing question, when we sell cartridges or vape pens or edibles or anything else that has cannabis products in it, if we know where the source came from or how the source was made, either farmed or whether it's solventless, you know, or hydrocarbon extracted, whatever we know about the source of the medicine is another really good way for us to engage the consumer. And we are kind of teaching the consumer what to look for to make sure they're supporting these businesses kind of all the way down the chain. And um, we're seeing that come back to us in a positive way where now our consumers come in and when as the industry is kind of getting super you know commodified and and large scale and things are kind of going crazy um they're knowing to ask oh weren't those ones made locally or is, can't we tell where the flower came from in this vape cart and um now we're able to like lean back on those companies and say hey we see that you're now sourcing from these large farms when you used to be sourcing from all these individual farms and our customers ask and they know to ask and so the source knowing the source is a very unique thing that we have at urban market and probably the other local dispensaries that other bud tenders in the state have probably no idea about and so that these guys get to talk to the consumer about the source, the source farmer, the source product maker. It's a huge selling point and um, it creates a depth of value, I think, to the consumer. Well, that, that raises a question in my mind um, that, I, that I always wonder about. Is there some difference between the cannabis that's grown here locally in Humboldt County and stuff that comes from other areas of the state, something that distinguishes Humboldt County? Is there something that recommends Humboldt County grown cannabis over stuff that comes in from other parts of the state? We have so much experience that we are so lucky to have really high grade cannabis with high potency, high terpenes, all the things that everyone as a consumer is looking for. But we're purchasing it from these small independent sun-grown farms. And obviously they're small batch, they're hand trimmed, they're really good. And a lot of the rest of the state doesn't get an opportunity to even know about those farms or know about those strains or be able to access them or buy them because they're under a preconceived notion that like, oh, outdoor is bad weed or outdoor is bulk because that's what they have been given to look at. And so um, they don't have a top shelf sun grown. Most retails in the state don't even know that top shelf sun grown is something that exists. And so we have it and we also have our little indoor section. And so when people come in and look for the indoor, we kind of look at it, we show them that. But then once we have them for long enough and we get to show them this other cannabis that's small batch, that's produced locally, that's hand trimmed, that's cured right, the snap and the smell and the flavor, it's just so much better. And um, we win a lot of customers that way. We win them over into the top shelf sun grown in in that genre. So it is a unique niche and I think it's catching hold throughout the state. But right now in the market, it's been either like super high and indoor and expensive was the top shelf. And then the outdoor went into all the products or was like the bottom shelf. And so people weren't really realizing that there were these small batch you know, really good herb that's been sold as indoor for the last 20 years that can actually be purchased and put into dispensaries. And so we have that product and so do most of the dispensaries in Humboldt County. 
And as we kind of get a foothold in the rest of the state, I think the other state dispensaries are realizing, wow, this is better herb at a better price. Out of curiosity, is it your sense that customers around here tend to go to one particular dispensary most of the time? Or is it your sense that people around here kind of sample the various dispensaries because there are so many of them? I would say that it's definitely on the mix. We have lots of reoccurring customers that come back that I absolutely live for. Um, We have our regulars that come in because we do certain deals um, every day of the week. So we have customers that I will see every single Tuesday on the dot at a certain time. And then there's other customers who come in and they're like, well, my regular place was closed or they were busy or they didn't have something. And so I stumbled along over here and we have customers that are like, this is my new favorite place. They walk in and it's so welcoming and open and because of the products that we have. And so it's definitely different. There are people who come in and they're literally like, oh, I just went to every single dispensary in Arcata and I just, I make my rounds. And there's other customers who are just absolutely come to us for everything. That was Crystal Ortiz and Finn of Humboldt Urban Market. You're listening to the Humboldt Chronicles. And after a quick break, we're going to take a closer look at the interactions between a butt tender and their customers. Welcome back to the Humboldt Chronicles. If you're just joining us, we're having a conversation with bud tenders. A very challenging position in the cannabis industry. And I think, you know, what became clear as we were doing our interview was one of the more challenging aspects of it is finding the right tone for people who have different levels of education about the product they're shopping for. Yeah, customers are going to come into a dispensary. Some of them will be very knowledgeable, especially in this area in Humboldt County. Others, though, may be completely new to the product. That's exactly right. Another challenging thing is that you are sometimes dealing with legacy ideas about what cannabis was. And that made me wonder if there are sort of common misconceptions. I'll bet there are. Going back to your interaction with your customers, are there common misconceptions uh, held by customers that you run into uh, over and over again? It could be with THC percentages where somebody comes in and they're like, I specifically need this point percentage for this and this and this. And you go, okay, you'll explain, well, the percentage isn't always what matters. It's the terpene and how it makes you feel and things like that. And you can have customers that just will absolutely not want to listen to you whatsoever, which is totally fine because it's a customer and their preferences and their needs. I feel like it just comes a lot with personal experiences for people when they come in and they'll have a misconception and either they're willing to like listen and then hear what you have to say or there's other times where they just go no I I'm absolutely convinced that this is how it is for me and sometimes you just have to work with that. The indica sativa hybrid is also a big one. A lot of this is actually the fault of the regulations and the fact that we can't just have jars of herb out on display the way that you used to be able to look at and smell the jar and choose the one you want because the person's nose knows the olfactory sense knows right away like which one is the one you want which one speaks to you which one smells good and so we don't have the ability to do that a in covid and b with the regulations the way they are and so since we don't have that, the customers really only have what we provide for them to go on. And so right now, the cannabis consumer is a baby in its educational stage for the most part. And so they have potency and they have 
um, indica sativa hybrid. You know, we're lucky if we get to go on a conversation with a consumer about terpenes and we always try to engage it. I see my bud tenders talking to them all the time, engaging them about the different terpene profiles. But the truth is 90% of all the cannabis that is available is hybrid. There isn't a lot of indicas, true indicas, and there are not a lot of true sativas. And it also, you know, we've, we've had this kind of leap to going to like, oh, it's the terpenes that make us feel this certain way. And it's the terpenes. And, you know, some of that is true, but also we're also babies in that world too, because it's not always that consistent across the board that it's the terpenes or the potency or the anything. And so it's partly the lack of education and partly the lack of ability to give the education to the people. And so um, the Indica Sativa Hybrid one is a really hard one. We have a couple customers that are constantly like, I need 30% plus THC and I need it to be 100% sativa. And we're like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll joke around with them and try to get them to, you know, try something a little different. Also, we'll get a strain that's labeled sativa one month and it'll sell all month as a sativa. And we'll get it from another buyer, the same strain from another farmer. And it will be labeled hybrid or indica and then only sell to those people. And so it's really funny because we know the difference. You know, we're like, you'll like this one. I think you'll really like this one. But, um, you know, part of it's just where we are in the fact that we don't get to smell or taste before we purchase. It's just like pick one from a jar, either based on the label, the brand, the potency or the growth pattern. Well, just to follow up on that, are there ways that the industry as a whole can better educate consumers? Because this shouldn't be just up to you and the bud tenders, right? Yeah, I think the industry's working on it. I think that everybody's kind of coming to terms with the fact that the potency chase is really bad for the market. We're getting a lot of the same cake and cookie style strains that just dump really high potency numbers, but the depth of flavor profile isn't there and they're all smelling the same and looking the same and feeling the same. And so I think that the industry altogether has been discussing and trying to educate that, hey, a THC percentages are just a fluke. I mean, most of the time there can, there can be relative consistency, but none of the labs have the same standard that they work off of. Some people are doing pay to play potency testing. Some people are just, um, you know, drying their weed so much that the potency naturally is higher because the moisture level is lower. I mean, there's so many things that people are doing to like skew the numbers that using the number as your purchasing point is a terrible place. And so I think that the industry is kind of talking about it aloud. I've seen SC Labs, one of the major labs in the state, put out some educational pieces around potency. And their data is really compelling because they have all the data from all the hundreds and hundreds of flowers that have been entered into the Emerald Cup over the last 18 years. And so they have this treasure trove of data, yet they also can see not one time was potency an indicator of the winner of the Emerald Cup. And so because of that, like the potency percentage, the way our body feels is way different than what the number shows on the test. And so they have some really compelling data and I hope that they continue to put out some white papers and some information to the community about what actually has been winning in the Emerald Cup and what makes it the way it is. They have this great program called Phytofax, where when you get your weed tested, you can look at where it falls in all these different ranges, which is cool. Um, but, you know, because of the education aside, buyers are still buying based on potency because that's the easiest sell. 
What is pay-to-play potency testing? Pay-to-play potency testing is um, its kind of like a rumor. I don't know any of these labs. All the labs I know are kind and smart and work with the regulations and are all awesome. But there are rumors of people paying labs for higher potency test results. The potency chase, what an issue. In fact, we're going to be delving into that issue at some point down the line here on the Humboldt Chronicles. I think it's a particularly important issue for the Humboldt cannabis community. We've heard past guests on our show talk about the importance of of educating the customer that it's not all about just that one percentage number, how much THC, that there are other factors for the overall experience. I can imagine that's particularly important for medical customers, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, I have to believe that you're going to want a different combination of ingredients if you're seeking, for example, pain relief versus just something to help you get to sleep at night. Yeah, for sure. So you want to get that right. So we asked Crystal and Finn about how they approach wellness issues. Do you tend to see more what I would describe as recreational customers versus medical customers, or is it the other way around? I would say that's definitely tough because, again, we live in a college town. Um, So there definitely are lots of students who come in and things like that. Um, We have a lot of topicals and tinctures and RSO products and things like that um, that are hugely medically beneficial. And we have people who are recommended to come here based off um, some of the products that we have for sure. So I would say that it's a good balance of both um, recreational and medical customers that come in seeking things and there definitely are people who come in that are looking for recreational things but they're basically asking for really really high dosage and then you they're looking like specifically edibles though and they're saying that it's not working but then you have somebody that come in you go well have you tried like hash tabs or have you tried um like tablets things like that and uh you will entirely switch them over from like recreationally eating a bunch of edibles and things like that to now they're eating less sugars and less like gummies and things like that. And then they're now switching over to taking more high dose um, tablets and things like that. So there's definitely a good balance and it definitely goes both way for people who come in. That was a great question for Finn. I, I was appreciative for them to answer it. I believe that all cannabis use is medicinal so um it is a really diverse range of how people come in but the search for um well-being is like a fundamental human right to use plant medicine to feel better and so for me one of the core values of urban market and of the space is that all cannabis use that you know anything that you need from plant medicine that helps you to feel better and live a more full and joyous and happy life is what we're trying to provide and so we have that what finn had spoken about that these consumers are realizing that they're wanting the cannabis but they're ending up with all this sugar or they're in all these different places you know and learning how to transition that and we also um see a lot of harm reduction we have people who come in to use cannabis beverages to get off of overconsumption of alcohol We have people coming in trying to figure out how to get off of opiates and using cannabis medicine to help make that transition easier. And these are really powerful and potent roles that we just play as human beings. You know, we're like guardians of this plant and the people come in and we are kind of their first line of real support and like, okay, we see you're trying to get off of alcohol and 
here we have these hi-fi hops if beer is your vice and then we have these seltzers and we also have these high dose tinctures that we can drop in your drinks so you can kind of break that habit and we've we've been lucky it's one of my favorite parts about working in cannabis retail is that we get to see on the front line these people's lives be transformed in a positive way through sleep anxiety alcohol opiates and all these other things and we're seeing their lives be transformed in a positive way by learning how to use cannabis medicine as a bud tender how do you draw the line between understanding your customers needs and desires uh, and combining your your knowledge how do you draw the line between assisting your customer in that way and providing medical advice i can answer that one just a little bit and then i'll let finn have it i pretty much have guided them down the line of you know other people have experienced this and that's one thing is like we learn from the consumers when they come in okay, a lot of people are using this Gorilla Glue for pain relief. A lot of people are using this for sleep. Some people have experienced this. So we we are careful with not saying like, hey, this is going to work for you or we're doctors and we know this answer. So it's really, you know, the language really comes around like, have you looked online? Have you asked? Have you educated if they're specific about a cancer treatment or a Parkinson's or something along those lines? And then we guide them to in a way that's like, well, we have learned or other people have had experience trying this. You might want to try something like this and um, really not definitely never going into like, you know, this is what's going to work for you. Now Finn can answer from there. When it comes from also just being educated about the products and the companies. And what's nice is that for the medical products that we do are the ones that are more skewed towards that. Um, there are companies that have charts that basically have um, a generalization of surveys that say these are the products that we have and then these are the things that through these surveys that we've done through the years, it is shown that it helps this, this, and then so the company will have research that there's base that you can go and talk to them. And again, it's so nice having demos and having the just privilege here to have smaller companies that are able to come and do demos and to be able to talk to them because they will give you information on that. And that's again, where you say you refer to them on batch numbers or the information that they have that those companies have done for surveys. Um, where you're not saying, well, I this works this. It's just, well, these are the things that they have to show in the products that are here. So you definitely can have that to show customers, which is super nice. And I definitely always let it known to people when they come in, like, I am just a bud tender. I, I do not have a degree. Like, I primarily am here to just give advice basically based on cannabis and the products that we have and not i am telling you that this is going to work because i can't and there's no guarantee ever that something is going to work for one person for something so a lot of the time it's just like well these are the things that i have that in a general are supposed to help for this but i myself cannot you know guarantee it because i have absolutely no medical background so do you find that a lot of medical customers will try a range till they find exactly what it is that works for them? Um, I would say definitely it can be a back and forth. A lot of the times, like on a lower scale of people who come in and are looking for just sleep aid products and will try one thing and then the dosage isn't correct. And they're like, well, I was still sleeping and turning. Or there's times where the dosage is too high and then they're like, 
I just was awake all night. And so there's definitely a lot of going back and forth because, again, every person is different. The way that cannabis affects them is different. So there's definitely trial and error for sure. Um, And again, we're lucky to have a widespread arrangement from local companies that customers who come in are able to try different products instead of just having to stick to one and dealing with it. So they're definitely is trying different things and finding out what works best for each person. You're listening to the Humboldt Chronicles. A quick break right here, and when we come back, we'll touch on the theme, The More You Know. Customer Education and the Humboldt Cannabis Industry. Welcome back to the Humboldt Chronicles. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Crystal and Finn of Humboldt Urban Market. And one of the words that keeps coming up over and over again in this interview is education. Yeah. And we have known for a while that to the extent that the customer walks into the shop and looks at THC and makes 100% of their decision based on that number, Humboldt Cannabis is at a bit of a disadvantage. It's not that we can't produce high THC cannabis. Right. We can and we do. Mm -hmm. The problem is that the true benefits of Humboldt sun-grown craft cannabis is not reflected in one single number. And so the more that you can educate the customer about all of the various factors that go into making good cannabis, the better that can be for the Humboldt cannabis industry. Yeah, you're right, Larry. And I think that's exactly what the Humboldt County Growers Alliance has been trying to communicate statewide, that there is a big difference between Humboldt's sun-grown craft cannabis and the mass-produced product that you find just about anywhere. How important is it for, for Humboldt cannabis in particular and the Humboldt cannabis industry to increase consumer education or, you know, in other words, could increased consumer education be beneficial specifically to Humboldt? I think so. When people know more about the products that they're buying, um, especially where it comes from to go back from sourcing, it honestly just creates a better relationship, one with customers and also with the consumption that they're doing. Since being a bud tender, just the education that I have in general and the way that I've been able to educate my friends and my friends' parents and the way that I've been able to just, like, because again, come in have people tell me about symptoms and then explain to people well these are the things and then sometimes there's older customers who definitely are stressed out and because a lot of the times they grew up with the off market and just buying what was on it and things like that and so the new age of weed one can be very scary and two it can be very overwhelming um so just more consumer education for sure for people and having the time and patience to sit down and explain and also providing a space where they feel comfortable to come in and ask questions um, is definitely really important. I feel, um, again, I feel very privileged to work at Urban Market and we have a focus on taking the time to talk to our customers and knowing their needs. So I do enjoy educating our consumers and whenever they come in and they do have questions. Um, it's super nice because it's just, again, it creates a better relationship, one, with customers, but two, also with people feeling comfortable with what they're taking and then excited or ready to try new things. Um, so I think education for consumers definitely is something that would benefit overall. And beyond THC content, when you're trying to educate a consumer, do their eyes just glaze over when you start talking about terpene profiles and cannabinoid content, or are they engaged and interested? 
It definitely depends on on the customer. This is kind of funny because I had a rep come in the other day and we were having a conversation about their cartridges and about the terpene profile. And I had a customer who came in that basically um, they were explaining that they wanted the terpene profile of a specific strain, um, but the strain they were looking for was really hard to get. And they most likely were only going to find it in that. Um, but we were out of the product. So I had tried to explain kind of terpene profiles to them and these other cartridges that we had that would be a little bit similar. But she ended up just becoming overwhelmed. And she just was like, I'm going to go do my own research. And she definitely was there and open for it. But at one point, she did get overwhelmed. And sometimes it is like that for customers where there is just a certain amount of processing they can take for one thing and then having to just go home and sit with it or having more questions and things like that for sure. It's like a read the room, exactly a read the room situation. Mm -hmm. You have people that come in and you can tell right away if they're ready to be engaged and they want to learn and listen. We have these little, um, you know, we have cards with the the different cannabinoids, the minor cannabinoids and what they do and how they interact. And sometimes they want to walk down there. They want to look at all the information that we offer. They want to talk about it. They want to get more. Other times they're like, no, I you know, I don't, I don't operate under this type of, you know, like learning right now. I don't want to, I just want to get one that's 90% THC distillate. Let me go and don't make me feel bad about it. So there's a fine line there between, you know, telling somebody that a product that they love or that they like is either not of the quality that, you know, you, we want to sell them or, you know, there's better options or different things. Um, You know, you kind of have to read the room you have to be able to tell is this someone who's ready to have this conversation or are we going to have to build a relationship first and there's some that just eat it up and there's others that just they need to you know they need to come at it softly and they want to just come in a lot of people are actually nervous in cannabis retail settings too which is something that we've tried really hard to not have that be a part of our space. We try to make sure that people know they're welcome when they come in the door, welcome them when they walk in. We have our security separate from our bud tender floor. So there's not security guards staring at you. There's not, we try not to have a line. We have a really open floor. So we have everything out on the floor so that consumers can actually walk and look at them and look at the label and read the label, read the potency and take their time on their own if they want. Whereas a lot of times the typical dispensary experience is like, come in, get in line, read the menu. The menu has the potency and the price and that's it. And then you get your bag, your opaque bag. And it's not till you get out of the store that you look at what you actually purchased and you look to see if there's any certifications or anything on it. So for us at our store, we try to make the the space be really open, be super welcoming and also um, let people take their time if they want to and not have to feel rushed. Like, oh, I already asked the bud tender three questions and there's 10 people in line, I better go. We tried really hard to not have that be an experience. We try to always have two people on the floor so that someone can help you separately from the bud tender line. Since, you know, legalized cannabis is still relatively new, there might be a level of intimidation for first-time customers. We do get a lot of tourists, actually, that get off of the freeway right there. And they saw the Humboldt State University sign, and it's the first time they realized, are we in Humboldt, Humboldt, like the Humboldt, Humboldt? We're like, yeah, you're in the Humboldt, Humboldt. And we can just come in here and just buy weed with our ID. I'm like, yep, if you're 21 years of age, you can come inside and buy some weed. 
And so we get a lot of first time people that have never been in a dispensary. We get people that have never bought weed legally. They're still there's palms are sweating. They're looking left. They're looking right. They're like, oh, my God, I can just go over here and buy whatever I want. And so it is neat. It's fun having them and, you know, and recognizing that this is their first dispensary experience, which is way different than the dispensary experiences of the past. I just have one more question. This one is more for my own information than anything else. But between your different, between like flour and concentrate and edibles, topicals, vape pens, et cetera, is there one category that you see the strongest consumer demand? You know, it's a, I think that it's about 50% flour, 30% edibles, and 20% concentrates. It might be a little bit skewed from there. Um, because our edibles and concentrates kind of merge a little bit because of the tinctures and some of those products are kind of in both categories, our high dose stuff. But um, and then some of our tablets kind of come in as an edible, but they're really a concentrate. And so, um, yeah, but we're, we're still a really flower heavy store. Where do pre-rolls stack up in there? <laughs> pre-rolls are the number one selling skew in every cannabis market that exists. So yeah, they, we sell pre-rolls every single day. One last question, I guess, and this is for both of you. Um, it seems to me that if anybody would have stories to tell, it might be bud tenders in Humboldt County, California. I'm sure you guys <laughs> have stories. Yeah. They're like little counselors. I like to make jokes. Now we have our little COVID glass screens, you know, and I always make jokes. I'm going to put the the little Snoopy counseling 25 cents up on the little thing so that people can start paying these guys because they are, they, they get all the stories in the world. We get people with mental health struggles that are using cannabis to self-medicate. And so we get people who were locked up in COVID for two years that didn't have anyone to talk to that see us as their only friends and they come out and my space is big and they've had a really good experience with my bud tenders. And another unique part of our staff is that we have a staff that is really small. We all do all the jobs. We transition through stickering, intaking, bud tending. Um, aside from our guards, the rest of us kind of do everything. And because of that, we have a really unique perspective on how the store works in general. And all of my staff have a long history with cannabis. Both Crystal and Finn are both from, you know, cannabis families locally from the industry from here. Um, Wendy and Travis both from Southern California and have used cannabis, you know, regularly. And so all of us are really tied into the culture all together. So they do have some stories to tell but whether they would tell them is another story. <laughs> well, they didn't take your bait, Chuck. <laughs> they didn't, but I tried. I get credit for trying. Well, maybe next time we'll, we'll hear those stories. <laughs> I'm Chuck Rogers with producer Larry Trask. This edition of the Humboldt Chronicles will be posted soon at 941lounge.com, lostcoastoutpost.com, and at iTunes for listening and downloading. Thanks to our guests, Crystal Ortiz and Finn of Humboldt Urban Market. And we send much appreciation to our sponsors, Goat Global Humboldt, Humboldt Urban Market, and Mocha Humboldt. We'll be back with the Humboldt Chronicles at 6 p.m. on the third Wednesday of July. So we'll see you next time, July 20th at 6 p.m. <laughs>